Karen took me down to the archives last year. It was one of the most amazing things uh, to see. Uh, it, and it, it was one of those experiences that catches you by surprise because I was proud on so many different levels. I was proud to be associated with the university, proud to be a Minnesotan, the care that they took in, in all these different artists, all these different organizations. And then I saw the theater area where they had, what the Heart of the Beast was there in Children's Theater and, uh, and, and June Moon, and I saw plays that I'd actually worked on. And I have to say, right up there with being required reading is being in an archive. It was, uh, <laughs> I think of this story of the four brothers, and the four brothers uh, all went out to get different educations. And one brother went out and became a doctor, wonderful doctor. Another brother went out and became an architect, famous architect. Third brother went out and got into the mystical sciences, the spirituality. And the fourth brother kind of wandered the earth finding out things on his own. Well, they all got back together and they said, okay, let's see who got the best education. So they go out for a walk and they come across a dead lion. And the first brother springs into action and he puts all the muscles and the sinew and the, and the skin back together. The second brother, the architect, jumps in and creates the bones into the perfect bone structure and they put the skin over that. And the third brother got ready to breathe the breath of life into the lion when the fourth brother climbed up into a tree. So when the third brother breathed in the lion, it came to life and ate all the brothers. Uh, and the fourth brother climbed out of the tree and said, uh, now we're never going to know who got the best education. <laughs> but for me, the library's the fourth brother. It's a little bit of everything. You got a little bit of everything you're going to need right there in the library. Minnesotans, I love the way we use words. Uh, um, I remember sitting in a restaurant one time uh, with a woman from Pennsylvania, and she just wasn't she said, I don't get Minnesotans. I just don't understand it. And I said, well, just listen for a second. You're going to hear something. And sure enough, in the booth next to us, this guy says, uh, there ain't a day that goes by I don't say, shoot, I never seen that before. <laughs> and she goes, okay, I see what you mean. And it, 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 this use of the double negative, these, these words that identify us as this region. When my neighbor Johnny Greiling came over, he was so excited. He was like three years old. And he was going to tell me the Easter story. And I remember he, he was just such a little Minnesotan. He goes, yeah, Jesus went down to uh, H-E double hockey sticks. And when they uh, pulled away the stone, there he was, gone. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, how do you beat that? I mean, these, these regionalisms, they're just, I, I just saw a woman the other day talking about the passing of Prince and she called it unsurreal. It's just, <laughs> what? Um, There's a story I recently heard up north in northern Minnesota. This sums up my grandpa better than any story I've ever heard. And it's about a farmer in Minnesota who had 162 acres. And he was so proud of his acreage. And there was a Texan visiting him. And the Minnesotan was bragging about his acreage. And the Texan finally couldn't take it. And he finally said, look, in Texas, my ranch, I get in my truck in the morning. I start driving. And by nightfall, I haven't hit the end of my ranch. And the Minnesotan said, yeah, I used to have a truck like that. I started to write uh, what I thought was going to be my Dylan Thomas story, and this is what came out. It's called My Brother's Bachelor Party, and it was really based on, on the outing. 
My brother's getting married, so his pals and I decide to throw him a bachelor party. We convene at the bowling alley for an intensive planning session, and at first the thoughts are simple and heartfelt. You know, a few close friends, some cigars, a fine peppermint schnapps. But in a short period of time, we're huddled around a ballpoint pen and a map of Minneapolis, charting a tour of Mephistophelian proportions. And over the din of shattering pins, one of the more lucid voices cries, we should make a day of it, and it's settled. He says, I know where we can get a school bus. On the morning of the big day, we reconvene, and there are moments one feels that tinge that he's about to do something he knows better than, something perhaps requiring stitches. <laughs> we head to the Hubert H. Humphrey Metrodome, and the boys are amusing themselves in the back of the bus with a game of does this hurt more or less. We take our assigned seats and discover we've been placed quite a distance from the center of the action. And some of the lads have brought their baseball gloves in hope of snagging an errant home run. The banner marking the furthest ball ever hit in the dome is some 15 rows in front of us. But this does nothing to douse our enthusiasm. No, we shout and cheer. We've come to have fun by heavens and brought plenty of our own friends so as not under any obligation to make new ones. Our enthusiasm is met with a brace of barrel-chested ushers, so we all put on our best behavior and settle into a meal of tubular cuisine mitt kraut. <laughs> the twins match hits a dull stretch, and my brother is bored, and when my brother is bored, no amount of beefed-up security is going to prevent something from happening. So suddenly he says, see that kid? He points several rolls down where Portia perch a twosome of adolescent boys, greedily helping themselves to a variety of unhealthy complexion ravaging foodstuffs. Five bucks says, when that kid is done with his nachos, he licks his cheese compartment. A wager. Money immediately makes its way out of pockets. I'm in for five. Me too, me too. His friend Lumper intercedes. Now does he have to lick the compartment or can he clean it out with a finger and lick that? No, my brother announces. He will put his tongue in the actual compartment itself. Lumper's in for five. Jay McBroom wants to know, does the kid have to finish all the cheese that remains? No, my brother says, one lick. Jay McBroom adds his five to the growing pile. A gentleman behind us says he couldn't help but overhear our wager and wonders if he can get a piece of the action. Of course, my brother says. His companion considers himself an expert on human nature. That young man was raised too well. Look at his attire. You have it all wrong to believe he would stoop to such crassness. His theory is met with, put your money where your mouth is, pal. Okay, but can he use his finger? No. All right, I'm in. So, so is the gentleman next to him. And then like a fire at the gauzeworks, one can see the bet spread through the stands. It travels up and over portholes, around pillars, over to the next section, to the next. The ushers sense something is amiss. They employ a walkie-talkie and request backup. More ushers arrive and take their stations. But it is too late. The betting continues to spread. High above us and to the right, I can see a man take out his money, point to the kid, then mime the licking of a compartment to his neighbor. The neighbor reaches into his pocket, and somewhere across the field, a huge cheer sounds. We all lean in to look at the kid. Was it a premature lick? No, no, it was the twins scoring the go-ahead run. <laughs> We're led to understand it was a terrific play. Somebody starts to explain it. Shut up! <laughs> For we have arrived at the moment of truth. The unsuspecting child has finished his last nacho. There is not a peep. I could, you could hear crickets in the bleachers as everyone leans in, all eyes focused on the nacho container and the child of destiny. Come on, blurts a man. Shh, you'll spook him. I hear, lick it. Don't lick it. Lick it. Lick it, you little. Come on, lick it. No, you shut up. You shut up. You shut up. The kid looks left, and then the kid looks right, 
And as the child of fortune's tongue hits that cheese compartment, a cheer erupts, the likes of which I have never heard before or since at the Dome. The entire outfield is yelling as one loud, raucous, insane. The members of both baseball squads turn and face our party, our party that's now under a destructive frenzy under the assault of the goon squad of heavily armed ushers. We pay heavily for this outburst. For that brief moment in time, however, the Minnesota Twins are watching us. <laughs> then as God is my witness, Kirby Puckett, center fielder and future member of the Hall of Fame, smiles at our band and doffs his cap. I love baseball. <laughs> so, 